So we've just literally um, started to record this because we found ourselves going straight into a conversation about how people are reluctant to talk and think and feel about this word love. Um, I'm with um, my great friend of many, many years, Sabina, today, and uh, we're going to talk about the concept of love and decisions and decision making through love, not fear. Uh, we, we started before I press the record buttons. You know, we, we'd already started to go there, hadn't we? In terms of this this thing, because it is fascinating. I mean, what, why is it that people are still slightly reluctant? This is kind of where we were just before I pressed record, which was, isn't it curious that people are still a little bit resistant to the word love? Why, why is that? It's so curious, Neil. If I would know, I probably would be a millionaire. I don't know. Um, I wonder if that is the indoctrination that love cannot have a place in business, you know, in the professional world. This is like, but this is like this past thinking, isn't it? It is like, hello, you know, love is what we are and how we act. So how come that it should be excluded from anything which is on a professional side when our life has it's affected by love in all ways, you know, in all instances. And I can't separate love out from when I'm in, in business or I do something professional. It, it doesn't make any sense to me. Does it make sense to you? It, it is it's a little bit crazy, really, when you stop and think about it, because what do we all, what do we all crave as human beings, what do we all want as human beings, it, it's love, love for ourselves, love, yeah. you know, in the relationships we have with others. And yet, as soon as we step into a, let's call it professional mode, it's almost like we stop or we can't be seen to be, you know, being vulnerable, we can't be seen to be sharing emotions, we can't be seen to be, you know, completely open as we would be in a loving, intimate relationship. It's almost like we have to put on this facade. And it's, yeah, it's curious, to, to the point of crazy. It's like, well, hold on, we know how good it feels in our personal lives. So why wouldn't we want that in professional life? Thought, yeah, absolutely, I agree with you. And you know, it's, you probably remember, Neil, that um, I was 30 years, over 30 years in international business development. Do you remember that one? Mm, I and do. Even a long time before I started giving workshops for UK trade investment or started coaching managers. But in during all these years, and I, I was quite young, you know, I was starting with that, I was probably 27, love. And empathy has always been the key factor in opening doors. And it also was helping in managing and dissolving international disputes. So my success, and people always ask me, what was your success in building up those incredible you know, systems and, and network systems around the world for companies? But it was love. That was the key, but I couldn't explain it then because it seemed to be a natural thing I used. But if I wouldn't have used love and empathy, I wouldn't have been able to open doors at all. It mm, makes so much sense it, to me. It's, it's that word, though, isn't it? It is kind of, I mean, it sounds beautiful. I mean, there's just no other word I think I can use, but 
that sounds beautiful to be opening international doors professionally across you know bound geographic boundaries political boundaries you know whatever boundaries you have but opening those doors with love i mean just that is just like oh it just makes your heart sing doesn't it it just makes you kind of feel it and yet if you were to use the word love people would say hold on a minute sabina we don't do that here in this organization we're professionals Yes. I, what is going on? What, what is really going on? Is this an ego thing? I mean, I hear this word ego from from a, I guess there's kind of two sort of definitions of this word ego. One is very much sense of self. So the true definition of ego is just a, a sense of, of oneness so that you identify you are a self, you are an individual. But then there's also this, this kind of ego definition, which is all about the baggage that we carry. Oh, he's got an ego. She has an ego. In other words, they're kind of overstepping the mark. Do you, th- do you think that this ego thing is one of the barriers to even discussing or recognising that love can exist? So we'll, we'll come on to the empathy bit in a minute because I'm curious about that too. But when we just talk about love, do you think it's, emp- uh, do you think it's the the resistance to go there because of ego that's one of the challenges. I certainly agree with that, Neil, because when I coach leaders, I notice they have huge fear of failure, and that is ego. They had huge fear of opening up to their deepest fears. So that the only thing they were focused on were on their day-to-day business, running the business, bank account increasing, filling up at fast as as possible, increasing in monthly credit card statements, um, you know, sales conversation, clients, blah, blah, blah. And they were afraid to even face their deepest fears. And that is ego. And of course, if I'm not able to face my own inner deepest fears, what else I'm afraid of facing inside of me? So that leads back to what I always say, you know, that that pillar of self-love is important for any relationship. And I relationship, I don't mean romantic relationship, I mean relationship. If it's professional, if it's private, just name it. We need to be able to look in here. Yeah, and not pretending that's you again. I got it all under control. Yeah, but then everything is hooked to the if word. Do you remember that I told you about when I coached the CEOs? They were always kind of hooked on the if for happiness. If I would get this, if I have achieved this, then I would be happy, right? Mm. <laughs> but they focus much more on the constant worry, the fear, the doubt. If things, if things are not achieved. And when we spend a lot of time in that time of worrying and fearing, then the only thing we can do is reacting, right? Based on these feelings, rather than what I love to say always is that word responsibility. And that responsibility, the ability for responding is based on love and trust. Am I wrong? Yeah, and that's it's a really nice way of putting it because as soon as we start to kind of reframe it in that way, it's still the same words, isn't it? What we're saying is rather than the if 
and then we look down the fear corridor, we can say if, and then we look down the love corridor, it is about opportunity. And I was just curious about this thing that you described there, the fear of failure. And I wonder if, because a lot of us, I guess, have grown up in organizations, we might have grown up in relationships, we might have had, you know, sort of past family issues where, you know, the fear of failure has kind of almost controlled and restricted us. This is going to be a hard one to break through, isn't it? There's a lot of baggage that comes from past experience that's been reinforced over the years, over the decades. You know, when we reach a certain age, you know, we've had a lot of this, a lot of this, this fear of failure. What, what do you think it is for, for some individuals who kind of power through that and think, do you know, it really doesn't matter and actually failure is about learning. What is it? What do you think the difference either in behaviors or attitudes or mindset of people who feel they can, you know, move beyond the fear of failure and actually then actually embrace an opportunity and say, you know, it might not work. This particular project might go wrong. Or if I have this particular relationship with this person, it could it could really, really not work at all. But I don't mind. I'm going to embrace whatever learning comes from this. What makes the difference between those two types of people, do you think? I, I love that what you say, because, you know, fear is definitely not dealt with in our society. We don't deal with fear in our lives. Even so, there's lots of books out there. I love one title, one book, which was called uh, Face the Fear and Do It Anyway, because I, you, you probably, you know me for many, many years, you know, and I made a, decision and just jumped and left my well-paid job and went to Magna Cartney to work with him. But uh, in Ambercom, remember? So, okay. yeah, just not dealing with fear. Most people don't want to deal with fear. You know, it's not on a daily basis that we really face our not-so-nice emotions. And I think people who, like you said, they embrace the, um, choosing the path of possibility rather than the road of restrictions, they they work they have started to really what mac remember mac calling the twin trail do you remember that one mm, that we have an inner path and an outer path do you remember that i still like to refer to it because it was so significant at that time how he described it and i really loved it but that inner path you know the inner requires us to really develop our capacity to access our own humanity you know with all the potentials and all the limitations we have and then only and only then we can connect to the underlying humanity that connects us all in the world well, no matter how we differ in approach, opinion, color, culture, skills, wealth, etc. That's the inner path. And the outer is then the engine for the way we drive to change things in consciousness and behavior. So this is how everything comes together again. Yeah? These are people who have learned to have a completely, like you said, a different mindset. They use their mindset also with mindfulness, you know, and, and just make sure how to come back daily. And that's a daily, it is a daily practice to be calm, to, to be mindful, to be humble, to be um, checking what kind of emotions are running myself now, to put them aside yeah, in my 
in my little quiet room so they don't come out in the boardroom or in any other client conversation or any any business decision yeah i'm not run by fear i'm making a choice a conscious choice of what i'm choosing now to do and that is acting so i feel like leaders who really have looked at their own stuff they're really connected with themselves they have reached that underlying humanity there are leaders who act and i would always add the act with grace you know while other leaders they're just reacting they're called leaders you know they are called leaders but they took on a leadership role like um we put on a costume or a role or a title but they're not true leaders and you probably have seen me in linkedin saying a lot that we can't lead anyone if we can't lead ourselves it starts here yeah it always starts with ourselves um not yeah, sure if I uh, answered you you did and i think i think Oh, it's just it's wonderful because this just opens up so many opportunities to talk about various different things. And I think for me, the way that you just described that twin paths um, scenario, the analogy, this idea that we need to before we kind of go into the world beginning to make decisions or, you know, fear, you know, facing our fears and, and all those kind of external challenges that we all have because we're all human beings in a you know a physical world we've got to really kind of go inward and, and go inside and really understand what are our motivations what do i what do i love you know what are, what am i it's the ikigai really it's kind of what am i good at what do i feel and believe that i'm good at where do i feel i can add value to the world where is the world going to recognize the the value that i'm bringing and, and really get an, an intrinsic sense of self really that is really honest and true um which is the obviously as we're saying is the first of these kind of steps that you need to take because it's very difficult going into um the kind of external world particularly in a professional sense where there are time pressures there are probably money pressures you know there are people um, and resource pressures on every single thing that we do you know we're expected to do more with less all the time um and so I think until I, I, I totally agree, and I see this from so many different angles, that until we really begin to address what's in here, what is inside of us, the motivations, the feelings, the the you know, the desires for the future, really, kind of where do we see a, a potential path? Until we've really established that, we are just running with our eyes shut, you know, in chaos aren't we really and and so is it any wonder then that we're kind of so fearful of you know the decisions that we're almost forced to make do you feel that some of these challenges come well the solutions to them some of these challenges come with wisdom and come with age because it feels like i don't feel i could have had this conversation with you say 20 years ago for example because I've experienced so many more things now than I had 20 years ago. Do, do you think there's a kind of an age, and I'm going to use the word here, wisdom thing. I'm not saying I'm wise, but I'm certainly more wise than I was 20 years ago. Do you think it's about time? Do you think we learn to conquer our fears or we learn to see the clarity here, but it takes time? Or do you think that anybody at any age can do this? I love that question, Neil. Thank you for asking that. I feel, and I'm so thrilled to say that, 
because you know I'm coaching a lot of people in the inquiry of to self-love because it's a basic pillar. I keep saying it's a basic pillar for any relationship. And my coaches nowadays, they're around the 20s to 30s. That's the only thing I coach, even though I coached all ages, you remember that. And it's incredible. You, I have only to scratch like this and they just get it. They just get it. Maybe because they have less baggage, I want to agree, but they also come with a complete new consciousness. They, I feel like consciousness is evolving always. And these youngsters, they, they have an evolved consciousness and they get it with everything which has happened in our life anyway. I mean, you know, we have been through quite some tough years, but they get it. And, and then they can walk out into this world and create a completely different world because they have discovered humanity and humanity is based on love and everything in there is empathy, compassion, understanding, listening, trust, nonviolent communication, everything we need to be able to walk through our life, to be able to deal with others and to communicate successfully with others. I don't understand why we don't teach that in school. It's, it's, yeah, it's still for me like I can't understand. Yeah, why youngsters in school are getting forced to learn stuff, which is just for an exam and that's it, instead of life skill tools they really need. But I'm, I'm grateful for all the people who come to me and go through this 10 weeks of, uh, my journey is 10 weeks long. And then they, they're just dead and they're running and they, gosh, it, it fills me with joy when I, sorry, I'm getting totally emotional here. Uh, <laughs> and so you should, this is, this is the point, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and, and it is absolutely, so it, we don't need to have a specific age and wisdom. Of course, I would say for the people who I still coach who are in our age, um, it, 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 it is quite some cracking when I, when I help them to find self-love because they are so indoctrinated of not being worth of love. And that's the underlying thing still running our planet, isn't it? It's still like, are we really worth of love? And that's why we rather don't look at it. We don't speak about it because deep, deep, deep down inside of me, Am I feeling I'm worth love? So, yeah, and there's there's a thing that I guess is constantly, wherever you look, is constantly challenged. And you think social media, how many likes do I have on my post versus how many likes do you have on yours? Uh, where you do a test at school or at college, how did I do versus my peers when you're kind of doing any kind of sort of work activity oh was my report my pitch or my you know document or presentation better than yours there's this constant competition which drives fear of failure doesn't it is because oh well I always end up in this situation or I'm never good enough or that influencer there has a million followers I only have 10,000 well hold on there's 10,000 people who are listening to your word what is not to like about that and I always say I would rather have one person who was actively listening than one million who didn't even remember my name and yet there's still this 
constant, constant comparison and competition. And don't get me wrong, you know, I've loved sport my whole life. I absolutely adore sport in all its senses. But there is something negative about it, isn't there? Because it's all based on I can't come last or, oh, I only came second. That wasn't good enough. Whereas actually, if we're celebrating the moment, the journey and thinking, you know, actually, in the moment, I did as well as I possibly could. That is more than good enough. Is that Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. But it starts even in, in our childhood you know if our parents start already with comparing ourselves so we we get it from very small on you know when our parents start to say don't behave like this i don't like it i immediately know then i'm not loved yeah this i'm not worthy love because right now behave my mom or my dad don't like me like this yeah so we get indoctrinated very early on this is accepted this is not accepted and this is a constant comparison then and even in the unconscious behavior of our parents if you look at parents around you they have little children how they how they talk to their children you know and and they don't even understand the impact of what it will cause if they keep talking to their children like that Instead of just mm. um, motivating your little boy or girl saying, never mind, yeah, you did your best. Yeah, but that's the only thing which you can do and I hope you always will do. And everything else is like you just said, Neil, is learning. Yeah, we only learn through making mistakes, but we don't support our youngsters in doing so. Yeah, it's always like a, a test and a comparison and this is good, this is not good. And that's how mm -hmm. we have created this world, this planet. It comes into school, it comes into, you know, then it comes into high school, university, and then we go into businesses and we keep doing the whole thing. So no wonder that love is not in the, in the, in the business and in the in the boardrooms i heard i heard somebody say one day and i love that love begins in the boardroom of my mind <laughs> and i really nice. love it. it i really love that saying yeah and it's true mm. because it, it starts here yeah it's a choice isn't it you you can sure. make those kind of decisions you can say okay i'm going to experiment with this maybe just for today i'm going to start to experiment and I'm actually going to challenge myself to make every decision that I make today, every person I meet today, every choice that I have to make today is going to be based on something that is positive, something that is opportunity. Maybe it's an innovation. Maybe it's just about love. It's just about giving and about being, you know, unconditional, not, not you know, giving something with it, an expectation of getting something back, but just being, no, I'm just going to give today. This is all about service. I'm going to give value and everything that I can offer to the world just for today. And we'll see what happens. And by the end of the day, let's just sit back and think, hmm, how was that as a day? And I will guarantee, because I've played with this, I've, I've done this stuff, as I know you have, but I will guarantee that will feel like a good day. And so then yes. there's almost like then a reprogram that begins to happen because, hey, I want more of this. This feels nice. This is good. And I can see because obviously, as we know, manifestation and you get what you give and all of those things is it does begin with us, doesn't it? I think one of the, yes. the big things that I've noticed, and I'd be very interested in your view on this, is that if we're making decisions through 
love and not fear. It is based around the fact that we have control here. It's, this is not about some boss or line manager or the CEO said, so therefore I have to do it this way. This is all about us taking accountability and, and making those conscious choices. Or if our partner says, right, this is how we do it in our relationship. And you think, you know, actually, there, there could be a better way. Should we explore this? It's about having the confidence to challenge and break away from that habit. I and mean, you talked earlier about the habit of this. And it's hard if there's a lot of baggage and a lot of old habits to break. This is a hard one to do, but it's about beginning, isn't it? It's about taking that very first step of, of owning this because it, it has to begin with us as individuals. Absolutely, Neil. And for, for being willing to own something, we need to have some intention to self-love. And you said earlier about the comparison and, and I got another thought on that. You know, we live in this world where we have mainly a deficit of attention. And we fight for getting attention from everyone. I mean, just look at why uh, social media is so successful, as you said, how many likes, blah, 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 yeah? And the attention is something we constantly grab in one way or the other. We constantly fight for getting attention because inside of us, we don't have enough attention for ourselves we don't give ourselves enough attention we don't have that kind of self-love filling our own um, bottle constantly because we don't give that attention time to ourselves for people who practice something like mindfulness meditation or any other of these um, um, methods they take time out or just going into nature, they take time out to fill the bottle of attention. But if we don't, then we just run through the day, we get a deficit and then we need to grab it. And that we do in all kinds of way and we manipulate it in all kinds of way, professionally and personally. And that is something I show, by the way, in my workshop, have the relationship you want. But it is so subtle how we manipulate how to get attention in each way we communicate, in the way we ask questions, in the way we make a comment. There's, if, you, if you really go find you, you can hear it. You can really hear it. And when we bring awareness to that and we come back to what I say, love and humanity, is the pure fact that I can be, and I come back to what I said in the very beginning, I open doors around the world with love and empathy is I don't need to grab that attention. I can just be here and listen because then I give attention. I can be here in empathy. I can just listen and build trust because when we listen to somebody, you build trust. But if I speak constantly about myself, do I build trust? Hmm. Maybe not. Maybe yes. I don't know. Yeah. Most people told me when they feel listened to, they normally, they feel willing to work with that person. Because mm. we all... So I, I, yeah, I wanted to get to this word empathy, and I think you've, you, you've got there, which is really interesting, because this feels like it's a little bit of a thread that has gone through this conversation all the way through, because I think you've used empathy as a word about three or four times. Um, 
And so to me, then, this this is a really interesting one, because obviously the topic that we're talking about is making decisions, we could say making good decisions through love, not fear. So is empathy at the core of this thing? Because what I'm trying to do is kind of really um, understand really for myself, but obviously for anybody listening or watching this, kind of what, what do I do next if this feels like a good thing to do? And, you know, I'm hearing Sabina talk and, you know, Sabina's kind of you know, motivating me to get interested in this and take time for myself. Is empathy one of the key ingredients in this, this kind of, I guess, menu of things that we can do to really kind of, you know, understand love? So what is the question? So the question is empathy. Is it, is it one of the key things that we should start with? We should really kind of understand both what empathy is, but also how we can begin to build those habits. Because you talked about habits. So it's so being um, somebody who exhibits empathy. So the listening, the the real kind of conscious connection with somebody else in a work or private personal setting. Is it the empathy that is the key to begin to build the sort of intimacy from which love then fuels you personally? Well, love is first of all, love for me was always a state of being. That is not an action, you know, love is in action. Leadership is an action, um, is an action in love, if we really do leadership properly. So love is a state of being, and with being a human being, I, you know, human being is love. We came here as love. We, we are created out of love, yeah? Our parents made us, otherwise we wouldn't be here. It was an act of love, yeah? Even so sometimes um, people didn't want to happen that the baby comes. But we are an action of love. So love is who we are. And then underneath that is automatically is humanity because we are human beings. And humanity includes everything else. Humanity is including empathy, is the ability to listen, the compassion, all the other words. But to connect to our underlying humanity, we can only do that when we open to actually go deeper here and be humble and then when we are connected that underlying humanity who we are and that everyone else has fears and doubts and and problems and and dreadful happenings you know when we connect to that underlying humanity then we are connected with empathy we are automatically connected with empathy how can we not how can we be blind and cold to somebody else's suffering when we are in ability of feeling love and in ability of connecting to our own inner state of humanity. So that's what I'm saying. Empathy is total part of it, but we need to recover that, that door, the door to ourselves first, because that's the key to be opening the door to the rest of the world to the rest of the humans around us. But we keep ourselves into this, um, I would say, tower of pretending, like maybe coming back to what you said earlier, the ego, you know, just I don't want to look at my faults. I don't want to look at my failures. I don't want to look at my fears. We just push them out under the carpet. I don't want to look at my emotions. You know, we just do, 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 act, 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 and run and rush through life. And... That's when the problems, where the problems come from, yeah. 
Yeah, this is starting to really make sense to me now. Um, one of the things as you were describing it there that I, I thought of was the, the wonderful Michael Singer um, quote where he says, and I'll paraphrase, this won't be the exact words that he uses, but um, he says, everything's fine. It's you who decided it, it is that it isn't. And I love that because it's just, it's all good. Everything is good. It's just because of all the layers of fears and, and things and the baggage and everything that you layer up on top of it, you've decided consciously, because you keep fueling all those additional things, that it isn't fine. Because I think what you've just described there is that we all started here in pure love. Everybody was born here with a zero issues, zero baggages, zero fears, zero problems. And yet over time, through no probably no fault of our own because we're humans we've loaded on top of that all of the reasons why we can't do something all of the reasons why we should fear this because last time we did this it happened like this and and then we story tell so i think that for me just summing up that michael singer quote is just we've all got potential to do this if we just take the time out to be really conscious of the things that we layer on top of this perfect love situation that kind of almost sabotage it is self-sabotage isn't it this storytelling is so unhelpful to us but if we recognize that that's going on then that empathy so I'm, I'm getting it now i'm just kind of repeating i think what you've said but in different words just for my own benefit really because i no, think great. what's happening no, great. Here, great. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's kind of the empathy kind of comes just from that self-knowing of those layers of sabotage that we typically do because if we stripped all of those away which what would we be left with it would just be love wouldn't it exactly and i love that you say that with the storytelling because you recognize a person in the storytelling if they ever looked at their own stuff you know people who always have excuses they always tell the story you know they don't look at their own stuff they don't take responsibility for their own stuff they rather put the finger out and blame somebody else or the circumstances it's always the storytelling people yeah but the ones who really take time to say wait i need to look at this first what is what is the other person reflecting there's one finger out three back you heard me saying that you know oh, yes, I like that one. Out, that's good to one person three are coming back what what is it what is it here for me because the others are always reflection it's always only a mirror out there. They're all mirrors for my my personal growth, if I really can see it like that. Yeah. Mm, big, big opportunity there. Tell me about this workshop. You've you, you've mentioned the workshop. I have an idea of a little bit about it, but tell me more about this workshop because it sounds like there is a a journey that you take people on here. It sounds like a lot of the elements that we've talked about are part of this workshop. Describe it more. <laughs> Thank you, Neil. Yeah, I love that workshop. Have the relationship you want. It is it's a free workshop I give monthly. Nowadays, online, through to the last two years we had. But I, I would love to go back into the presence form. Hopefully, it will happen. But it's a two-hour workshop online. And it is about really kind of making aware of how much deficit we have in our life of attention and how we need to grasp constantly for it and how we do it, how we manipulate. And it is an interactive workshop, so people 
will experience some tools which I show them how they can help themselves to kind of become more quiet and mindful and still in listening within and actually getting a notice immediately that there is a spot we all have, which I call stillness. It is there, we can connect to it automatically. Most people don't even know it exists there. And then there is other interactive tools so they can communicate, learn to communicate in a way they don't need to manipulate. And then the last exercise, because it's based on exercises, the last exercise is really bringing awareness to about that question, love, and how much is love, do I allow love to reside in me? You know, this is quite a tough question and most people, I have seen a lot of people starting crying here because they don't take time to ever consider that. How much love do I really allow myself to have in here for myself? And it's it's touching. Mm, it must be, yeah, as you say, it must be really moving to see people going through that journey um, because obviously it's great for you know the individual because they come out of it with so much more self-awareness than before they started but for you seeing people evolve seeing people you know emerge from you know what might be sort of pretty dark places into this kind of this new newfound opportunity or this newfound kind of relationship that they might have been looking for that must be amazing for you to see yeah it is and it's, it's also for, um, give them a little bit of a perspective that, and you hear, there's a lot of version of this saying, do you want to be right or do you want to be happy? But I recently read one which is really beautiful. It's not about the, who is wrong or right or strong or weak or wise or foolish, but actually how much can I take time in considering another person's perspective instead of pushing mine down the throat? And, and that is something I would invite the world to open up more to, especially in the business world. So we come back to our subject, love, not fear, yeah? especially making decisions based on love, not fear. And I just pray every day that more and more businesses or more and more, let's say, leaders, because behind businesses are people, they're leaders, and they really come to make decisions based on love and not fear. Mm. And yeah, it's something there. There is no technology yet invented. I can, well, you know, tell me the opposite they have the ability to show and share love, empathy, and affection. Um, am I wrong? I, th I think it's totally correct. I think this is, this is all about, you know, stripping away the noise, isn't it? Be that, you know, processes, technology, everything, really. This is about getting to the, the, the center, isn't it, of everything, which is you. So... Yeah, or me. Yeah, I, th I think it's absolutely correct. So how are people going to contact you then? I'm sure people listening to this will be thinking, hmm, I need to find out more. This is good stuff. In fact, this is essential stuff. Where can people contact you? 
you can contact me via my website it's probably the easiest and i also offer constantly free six, 60 minutes free chats because i know we all face challenges and sometimes just talking to somebody is somebody we don't know can get insights and i have quite some powerful questions to ask you to to help you to get out of this challenge and to get some insights so it's my website www.sabinarodemaker.com shall i spell that because rodemaker please i think that would be good if somebody's <laughs> listening to this i'll put the link in the uh, the the introduction and the uh, description of this uh, particular episode uh, in the link below but yes if you spell it for somebody who's actually listening please yeah um, plus. so it's www then sabina s a b i n a R A D E M A C H E R dot com. And I, I really said it in an American way because, you know, each country was telling me something different about my last name. But um, I think that's the easiest way to find me. Of course, I'm also on social media, I'm in LinkedIn um, and the other platforms, but I think that's the easiest one. Brilliant. Well, it is always an absolute pleasure. And I always kind of leave our conversations, Sabina, with just that, oh, I need to go and explore that. And, mm, I need to think more about that. It's, it's always inspirational and motivating. So thank you so much again for your time. Oh, bless. Thank you, Neil. It was absolutely a pleasure. And thank you for continuing inviting me. It's in reconnecting with me once in a while. It's absolutely a delight to talk to you and have these conversations. So I'm looking forward to more in the future. Thank you.